0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe Vanderbilt Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. In the Music City, I'm your host Matt Perkins, joined as always by Commodore Legend, NFL veteran Ryan Seymour. Rye, good to see you,
1: buddy. Good to see you too, Matt. Um, I'm glad you and I are not both 400 pounds after returning from Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I gained six
0: pounds. I, I, I weighed myself. I gained <laughs> I gained six pounds uh, over Thanksgiving. So not no, not as bad as I thought, but uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not Could've at my worse. old play. I'm not at my old playing weight. Um, so that's good. As long as I'm under that, I still feel a little bit, I still feel good about myself. Okay. I'm not exactly what I weigh when I was playing ball. So I'm still winning in that category, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, do you have a good, did you have a good time with family and friends? Yeah, man,
0: we, we had, we had an awesome, awesome, uh, very, uh, Vandy heavy Thanksgiving, uh, me and my wife, uh, who is obviously a Vandy alum? We're at the house of uh, our good friend Ashley, who's another Vandy alum, and uh, she was a uh, she played in the Spirit of Gold band for four years. So nice. Uh, yeah, we had a uh, we, we had a great time actually. It, it was really awesome. fun. Awesome. We had well, I counted. We had two turkeys, thirteen sides, and four desserts.
1: Oh my goodness, that's a spread, man. Yeah. And so I'm assuming I'm assuming you had another uh, Thanksgiving tradition, Vanderbilt. Uh, falling to the uh Tennessee volunteers that was a that was a rough one, unfortunately. Obviously, but we were... you
0: know what? It only brings it to five and five over the last 10 years, so I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah not that's true. As, I mean, you know, a, a, as torn up about I it. I
1: wonder if Tennessee still looks at us as a rival, they or don't, if they ever have, or if they do. They
0: don't, I don't think they ever have. They think they think Georgia's their right, they think Georgia and Alabama are their
1: rivals, okay. I see i would have said florida i don't know why i said i don't know
0: no all the all the i mean living in tennessee obviously i know a lot of ut fans there there's way too much yeah. orange from i could definitely there.
1: see georgia obviously we share the share a state line um yeah i could see georgia and, and ut being a big big robbery but uh yeah they probably don't even think it's vanderbilt as like any sort of in-state traditional you know obviously the way we look at it as vandy fans you know we try to We're always in the argument of, hey, we run this state, you know, even though (sighs) Nashville is completely overrun with Orange, but.
0: (laughs) Way too much. Way too much. Yeah. As most of you guys already know, we are presented to you by betonline.ag, and we're better than ever a new web interface for the rest of NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code believe 50 that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're here to cut it up today, sort of talk about the end of the season, uh, what we sort of, you know, a couple things we've seen. We've seen, you know, in the last 48 hours, a lot of guys go into the portal. Um, some guys are definitely going to be graduating, moving on to the pros, and just sort of our thoughts and able to look back on this past season um one thing we've gotten some messages about we should probably just address really quickly at the top you guys have all seen the zach stacy situation you guys all know that both ryan and i have a relationship with zach and what i'm gonna say is what he did was heinous and i'm gonna let the legal process play itself out and leave it there i don't know if you have anything to add
1: and I don't know if I have any comments. I was obviously shocked. I didn't want to believe the video I was no, watching. I didn't want to believe it either. That that was not the Zach I knew. Obviously, when we played in college, I had not had, a, I guess, a great relationship with him outside of football since we graduated. You know, other than simple, you know, hey, how are you doing kind of things, so, you know, on and off here and there. I had no idea what he was struggling with. I still don't know. It doesn't give him any excuse. Obviously there's never any, any circumstance to ever put your hands on anyone, especially a woman. And so absolutely the legal process is going to have to take over here. And I think it's all, it's just sad for everyone, obviously, you know, especially her, his son, um, it's just sad on all sides. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope that she, can find some healing and her and his son as well. But Zach is going to obviously have to, uh, to, to face the consequences in this. And, you know, maybe, maybe he can get some help that he needs, but, uh, bad, bad situation all around, man. It's just, um, it's a shame that we had to, you know, that she had to live through that. We all had to see what happened obviously was all over social media. You know, I got the text from a friend of mine at like 11 o'clock at night and I, oh my gosh i almost wept i was so upset i was so just not wanting to believe what i was seeing you know um and so it's just a really sad situation the whole thing and um it's a shame and you know it uh
0: it's awful all around like there there, there are no winners here
1: and no winners here man i I was at a loss for words
0: yeah i was I, i i i was I was so upset. I mean, you, you texted me right after, I think you, uh, you, you got it from one of your teammates and you know, we were, Oh, it's just, it, it, it's awful. It's tragic. And it's, it's.
1: Anyone out there that is, you know, anyone out there that is experiencing, you know, something similar or is in a home, don't feel that you have to be in that situation. It's, mm-hmm. it's always okay to stand up for yourself. It's always okay to reach out for help. You know, if you or anyone, you know, that's going through something like this, you know, you're not going to be a snitch, get that person help, speak up, reach out to the authorities and you don't have to, no one has to experience anything like this ever. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to, uh, to the team. We watched, you know, since we last talked, uh, we had both the Ole Miss and the Tennessee games the the old Miss game was you know surprisingly competitive uh, especially in the second half um they look good Tennessee again it wasn't it wasn't super pretty but it wasn't I guess as bad as it could have been mm-hmm. um in some ways and you know now we sit here at the end of the season at two and ten I I want to go I don't want to say glass half full but what did you see anything either in the past couple weeks or throughout the season that gives you any that that gives you either like hope or what did you? Is there anything that you, you know, any glimmers or, of hope that you saw sort of moving forward or that you saw over the last couple of weeks? Because the one thing I'll say is that I think the offensive line just improved throughout the season. I think the offensive line got better as the season went on.
1: Well, okay, I, we'll start off with the O-line. I absolutely agree with you. I think the O-line showed some real promise. I think that there is only going to get better as, uh, as the years progress. Uh, Julian Hernandez at center has got another three years of eligibility. We have several guys who are very young. Um, obviously, we're going to miss Steen. He's not coming back. Um, um, but, no, I think the O-line as a collective unit obviously got a lot better. I saw a lot of improvement in the run game, you know, obviously early on. They were having some issues with the first, like, I guess you can kind of call it the the first line of defense. They were having some issues with the DL, but uh, working too quickly up to the linebackers, I guess you could say. But past game, I thought was OK. You know, again, I thought that Wright and Seals kind of made them look a little worse than it maybe really was by especially Wright. Obviously, early in the kind of the middle of the season was automatically rolling out anytime he felt pressure, not stepping up in the pocket. I think he got. I think Wright got better as the season progressed. I think we could all can agree that you know Mike Wright was definitely the right decision there towards the end. And I think that once he was kind of established, and that maybe he didn't feel threatened anymore of of sharing reps with Seals, that I think maybe the offense you could even say clicked a little bit better. I think that uh, I think we could all agree that the offense definitely showed signs of life the last two or three games um, with Wright starting at quarterback. Um, you know, it's glimmers of hope. I, I guess you could say that that can be – that could be said for all aspects of, of the program. I think everyone was really looking at these last couple games as kind of moral victories, shine, you know, signs of improvement, signs that Clark Lee is getting this team moving in the right direction. You know, again, it's obviously – not fun to look back and say, Oh, well, there were a lot of moral victories, like victories are victories, not, we don't celebrate moral victories, but um, you know, and that's always been why people I guess, are so critical of me is that I've always been kind of outspoken about that is that, Hey, you know, obviously we can, we can celebrate that, you know, we saw improvement, but at the end of the day, we still lost. Right. And I just call a spade a spade and it is what it is, but you know, I, I would say that a lot of things do have to transpire. A lot of things do have to take place going into, you know, the next season if we're going to obviously want to be competitive. Do I think we're going to be a – do I think we're going to be a bowl-eligible team next year? I, I don't know, man. It's going to be close. I, again, I don't think we're going to go out there and win 10 or 9 games. I think it's going to be – if if best, you know, a 6-6 six six team – and that is if they really, really hit it hard in the transfer portal this year. Obviously, you know we know a couple of guys have already came forward. I think that's more of a clean house thing, though. Honestly, was kind of looking at some of these players and who, um, you know, who is entering the transfer portal, and I think that that actually might be more of just cleaning house, trying to get some better players in there. You know, obviously, coaches for like for the people who don't understand, like coaches will bring guys in, basically. Not necessarily ask them to transfer, but basically just kind of let them know what their fate is here at the university. And that's going to be, you know, you're obviously weren't a guy that didn't buy in, you know, so we're not going to give you any time, you know, as coaches. We're just going to kind of check out of you, and more than likely, you're going to lose your scholarship. We're not going to honor your scholarship for next year, which automatically makes guys go, okay, I got to enter the transfer portal because you know, if you're not going to honor my scholarship, I'm not going to be here. But. Yeah.
0: And I think the other thing to go along with that is the fact that if you graduate, like if i if I'm a guy, I've been here for four years, maybe I played for three, a red shirt or whatever. I might have a year or two left of eligibility, but I've graduated already. I might be looking just for a new thing, like a, a new experience and that kind of thing too. I mean, you look at someone like Cam Johnson, right? Uh, the wide receiver mm-hmm. who's entering the portal, you know, he's got his degree already. <clears throat> And he, you know, he, he probably wants to try something different, maybe go to an offense. It's especially if Mike Wright's going to be the quarterback, they're not passing the ball. They're not going to be passing the ball as much because Mike Wright is, is still a run first guy. And so if I'm Cam Johnson, I'm looking at him like, hey, you know, I'm going to go somewhere that they're going to, you know, give me more touches. He, was, he came into the year as sort of the number one receiver and finished the year as a number three
1: receiver. yeah uh, that's a good point i mean things like that you can't be too critical you can't be too critical of these transfer portals because you know the guys that are transferring because you just never know obviously i was reading through the vandy sports forum this morning and you can speculate all you want but you'll never really understand like what the true reason was whether that is cam johnson wants to get more receiving yards maybe he didn't get into grad school maybe coach didn't ask him to come back for his fifth year you know um you just never know. Obviously we'll, ne- we'll never know. We could sit here and speculate all we want, but um, so I, I don't, I'm not too critical of the transfer portals, you know, the, the, the guys transfer and I don't want to make it seem like the guys are leaving it a sink and ship, you know, again, maybe, maybe not. So, but um, I know that Clark Lee, obviously he has to, you know, fill some of these gaps and obviously go out there and try to get some of these players that maybe are on some of these, elite programs you know the second string guys that are still four four or five star guys that maybe aren't necessarily getting the playing time that they would be at alabama or georgia or something and try their try as hard as to get some of these guys here to vanderbilt like you know obviously we all know what this program can offer from you know from an education standpoint from the, the, the 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 city of nashville like we don't have to sell anybody i feel like it's always an easy sell coming to vanderbilt the only thing i feel like is like holding us back is just these wins you know like i've always been like why can't vanderbilt recruit why can't vanderbilt recruit like we have such an easy selling point we just got the locker room redone you know our facilities aren't that bad like obviously they may not be at the same level as like uh i don't know lsu or something who redid their locker room a few years ago but like there are it's good enough. You know, it's definitely good enough. And I would say that, you know, anyone that comes and visits Nashville, oh my God, all you got to do is take your 18 year old down to Broadway and they're going to be like, I'm not leaving. I don't want to go home. You know, (laughs) they're not going to want to get back on the plane to go back to their city. Uh, And so, you know, I've always felt like it should be such an easy school to recruit for but I think it's those just wins and losses that are really keeping us from getting some of these players that have aspirations of playing in the NFL and have aspirations of you know going to bowl games and having just a different college experience in the last five you know the last five teams at Vanderbilt you know I saw on um, not to ramble but I saw that I guess the new message that Clark and a lot of the administrators and the coaches all have is team two now you know hey that was team one now we're moving on to team two did you see that like that was Team one you didn't see that no okay like i guess their message is like you were team one to help this i guess help this uh you know program get to where it's trying to be like you were the stepping stones people are going to look back and say wow look what team one did and got us to where we are now i'm just assuming that's their message because they were saying like hey 2021 that's team one and then now like the season's over with and you and you know they're already saying hey team two we're coming you know and so i guess that's their message i I don't know what's your take on that
0: um (laughs) no one wants to be a stepping stone man
1: that's that's exactly my point. No one wants Again, to be a stepping stone. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a stepping stone.
0: Like, you know, I. Yeah, I just found that interesting. And no one's going to look back and that. be like, oh, and have fond memories. Of, oh, remember when they went 2 and 10? Weren't those the good times? No, those weren't the good times. Those are not the good times.
1: Yeah, I just Dude, found that. I, I don't know. That's I just ridiculous. Kind of, I, I mean, just kind of found that interesting that they no were going with that. No one is buying that BS.
0: No one's buying that. <laughs> like, I mean, if. Imagine being a guy in that locker room, being. I just.
1: Hey, I was part of team 1, baby. I was part like, of team, yeah, the team 1. That like a smoke. No,
0: like I want to be part of I want to be part of the team that, you know, you know, went 9 and 3 and, you know, kicked ass in a bowl game. I don't I don't want to be part of you know a, a team that lost to freaking East Tennessee State.
1: Well, that's their message, right? And I think that you know, we saw Candace come out, I guess it was maybe like 2 or 3 weeks ago where she was saying, maybe someone asked her what how do how would you rate how Would you rate Lee's performance? I guess you could say, and um, her message was, Well, he's building a foundation, you know, he, he's teaching culture, he's teaching all of this stuff, and we think he's done an excellent job in that category. Of course, and but so, of course, she's
0: going to say that, like, she, she's the guy, she's the person that hired him. Of course, she's going to say that she has no incentive <laughs> to be honest,
1: true. But I guess, I guess that's what we, we talked about, like, um uh we talked about this a few podcasts ago that no one wants to be on a building program like you can't I guess I like I guess I just kind of put my foot in my mouth there saying how easy it is to recruit at Vanderbilt um to the other side of that you know no one wants to be told as a recruit hey we've got a 10-year process here you know no one wants to be part of a 10-year process like No one I've wants to be part of a 3-year
0: people... process. They're, they they yeah. want to be people want to go <laughs> in know. year 1 be like, "Hey, you know, we're we're, we're here for some
1: Maybe by my senior year we'll be good." You know, no one wants to hear no. that.
0: Because so, if that's the oh. mindset going in, I mean, what's what what's the reality? If if that's the mindset going in, the reality is like you're not going to be good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I want to like focus too much on that, but I just Saw where a lot of guys and a lot of coaches were saying that was, you know, we, that was team one. Now we're going on to team two. And Mm -hmm. so that, that, that to me just kind of makes it seem like, okay, they're really putting all their eggs in this basket of, Hey, we're building something here. You know, it's all about the process. It's all about the trajectory. It's all about building and again, I think as a recruiter, you don't want to hear, hey, we're building something here that you could be you could be a part of something special. It's like, dude, we want to be part of we want to be a part of a winning team, not a team that has moral victories or a team that's moving in the right direction. Because again, you're at the bottom. Like moving in the right direction doesn't, you know, does it mean that you're gonna have a winning season? Moving in the right direction means like, hey, we went from zero wins to two wins, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like Let's all remember that. I think people get kind of like confused and they're like, hey, I saw a lot of people on Twitter. I asked everybody, hey, what was your thoughts on, you know, Clark Lee? Did he meet your expectations? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't see really any positive notes on there. I saw a couple about, hey, us moving in the right direction. And again, I, I read those tweets and I'm like, yeah, we're moving yeah, we're moving in the right direction. But holy shit, like we went from 0 and nine to two and ten. Like, I mean, yeah, we're moving the dial, but how how slowly is that dial moving? You know. I mean,
0: and and <laughs> next next year isn't gonna be, you know, if you look at the schedule next year, I've got it pulled up in front of me. They're starting the season at Hawaii, which I mean, you know, I mean, I guess you start with a nice little nice little trip out to the islands. Not, no one's gonna complain about that, but uh, Hawaii can put uh, up points.
1: I They've mean, got, that is such a far. That's fifteen hours. I mean, not fifteen hours. That's ten hours, man. That's five hours to California, and then another five hours to Hawaii. I've never been to it's Hawaii. Ten hour flight. So.
0: Uh, I've never been to Hawaii, so I I I can't say for certain. Um, they've got Elon. I mean, another another FCS team, but Elon is. I mean, e- ETSU actually ended up being the number seven seed in the FCS playoffs this year. But for the God for God's sake,s it's like Elon e- Elon. If the, if they lose to Elon, it's even worse than losing to ETSU. As far as I'm concerned, then they have Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest ten and two this season. They're in the ACC title game, and they have the one of the most ridiculous offenses in college now. They'll be losing a lot of guys from that team, but still, Dave Clawson is an upper-echelon coach. And Wake Forest is even smaller than Vandy. Wake Forest is the smallest Power 5 school that there is uh, in, mm-hmm. in, terms of, in terms of total student population. They have a lot of the same issues when it comes to recruiting and things like that, academic standards that Vanderbilt has, yet somehow they are able to routinely pull off 6, 8, 10 win seasons. Then they're at Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is the MAC West Division champion this year. Uh, historically, a very strong MAC program.
1: And then they get to go to Alabama. Yeah, and then, you, then it then it really and really then starts. the
0: SEC schedule is pretty rough. At Alabama, Ole Miss, at Georgia, at Missouri, South Carolina, <laughs> at Kentucky, Florida, and UT.
1: Oh my God, what a grind that second half of the season is. Is that all SEC teams, the last six games?
0: Their last, uh, no, the last eight are all, all all eight SEC games are all in a row at the end of the (laughs) season. And the two teams they get from the West are Alabama and Ole Miss. Like, it's just.
1: Yeah, that's a brutal brutal schedule. It's a
0: murderous row. I mean, you you couldn't have asked for, you, you couldn't have asked for much worse.
1: I know man, and I hate to just be I hate to just be, oh my God, so critical and so like negative, but I just don't know as of right now, I don't see us beating any of those teams next year. I mean the SEC teams, like how maybe could you? One... How, like,
0: how could you foresee this team beating one of them?
1: I exactly. That's what I'm saying, like we have to see drastic changes this offseason. Like I don't you know, obviously something's gonna happen with coaching staff. So I think
0: do you think you know, that, do you think it would be prudent to bring in another new offensive coordinator, having their fourth offensive coordinator in four seasons?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, um, I was looking at, I was looking at the, the Vandy Sports um, chat room this morning. I know, I think, I think I was seeing chatter about that Minter was leaving and that Rye was going to be, was going to come back. At least that's what I saw the chatter this morning and that. They're going to give Rye, like, a full season to prepare, I guess, because obviously, you know, he got thrown in. Half, uh, or Lynch, I mean. Lynch, right? Who's the who's O.C.? I always get confused. Lynch, is, Lynch came in. Um, yeah. Yeah, at Rise O.C. right now, right?
0: Yeah, but he's not calling plays anymore. Remember they had, like, the the, the change
1: that they are – um, Lynch is calling the plays. Yeah, Lynch's he got put the- in. He got put in right before the season, right? Yeah, like literally. he got put in like a few days, like right before the season started. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I always get their their names backwards, but Lynch. Um, yeah. Joey Lynch, I heard, Joey Lynch, Lynch who Lynch, is I heard the is quarterbacks
0: coach slash is his official title. I think was passing game coordinator is has been the one calling. Play. Yes.
1: Yeah, Lynch as I heard, I heard is coming back, and is going to be full time OC um so that's just some of the chatter i heard on the on the forum this morning although people don't freaking know what's going on um i don't know man i just didn't see like the offensive play calling this year have any sort of i just didn't see us outwitting or outsmarting any defenses like so and then some of these play calls i you know i saw where that were just kind of like what were you thinking? But then again, you know, like you said, we've had four OCs in the last four years. Like, what does that say to, you know, other coaches that are maybe perhaps looking to come in? I I don't know. That's kind of a tough situation. You know, do you give this guy another shot? You know, do you give him a chance to build some, you know, build more strength with the current players?
0: Okay, so what I will say is that on sort of like the, the plus side, if you will, Lynch did not get like an off season to like really put his offense in place. Right. He was sort of thrown Mm -hmm. into calling plays right before the season. So to me, that means if he maybe has a full off season and we saw some new wrinkles as the season went on. And I feel like if you get a full off season where they say, okay, Mike Wright's going to be the guy.
1: Let's we're going
0: to, build an offense around his skill set
1: that's what you need to do i mean yes that's what you have to do yes i i I can't you can't have a coach come in and try to implement an offense that doesn't work for the players that you have on your roster no because
0: a a coach's job is not to try to make players conform to their ideas it's it's to to use ideas to maximize the skills of the players that they have in front of them
1: correct and so I see where you're going with this. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I think if he has an absolute, you know, if he has an offseason to prepare, knowing that Mike Wright's gonna be the quarterback, you know, finding ways to implement an offense that's gonna that's gonna help bounce off of his skill sets, then yeah, I think that is a that is a positive way that you can you can spin this. Um, you know, from a negative side, maybe players are Oh my God! I don't want to relive. I don't want to relive another year of this. You know, we saw what happened last year with the offense not being able to put enough points. You know, so um, I don't know. That'll be interesting. You know, obviously there's always going to be young, you know, young coaches out there that maybe might be in a lower conference or coaches that might be in you know Division Two or something that are great coaches that are dying to be, you know, on an SEC program, even if it is a Vanderbilt. So they're always going to be coaches available that are itching for this opportunity. So to say like, Oh, well, you know, if we bring in another, it doesn't look good for this coordinator to come in because we've only had, we've had four in the last four years. Like no one's going to want to kind of take this job. I don't know. I think there's plenty of hungry coaches out there that would die to have this, you know, to be the, to be the OC for Vanderbilt. So
0: we're excited to announce a new sponsor and that is Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. And they're a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as a classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So head on over to lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. Oh, it's just, it, it, it's it's really, you know. Is it, Clark Lee going to stay? Yes, he's going to stay, unless <laughs> Notre Dame decides they want to hire him. But I don't think that's happening. I don't think, because, okay. uh, you know, because, no, uh, you know, I, I think that Notre Dame is going to try to promote <laughs> Marcus Freeman. I mean, as of yesterday, that seemed to be the scuttle, but I don't think anything has uh come out um about the Notre Dame coaching searcher who they're going to or, or who they're gonna hire since you know we we started recording. We know that uh you know obviously Brian Kelly is moving to LSU, but you know they we we don't know who is is going Vanderbilt
1: to this. completely would you say Vanderbilt is completely bought into Clark Lee.
0: The administration or the fan base
1: the administration yes why why do you think that like here was here was because he's my...
0: one of their own ryan because he's <laughs> one of their own and he's yeah, a this is always man. my thing the right
1: <laughs> way well i just have always felt that you know if there are better options we should always explore those you know those uh those opportunities like
0: I'm still mad they better... didn't get Billy Napier last year. And now he's the okay, head that's coach where I was of Florida. Going, that's where
1: I was going with this. <laughs> like if there are better options out there, why not you know, why not explore those options rather than, hey man, we're just gonna stick this is our guy and we're gonna go down with this sinking ship, you know? You know, we're either gonna sail off into the sunset or we're gonna go freaking we're gonna sink, you know. End up at and the so, bottom of the
0: ocean, yeah.
1: End up in the bottom of the ocean, yeah. So um no, yeah, Billy Napier. You and I last year were literally saying, like, okay, who's Vanderbilt going to hire when we were speculating, you know, who the new Vanderbilt head coach is going to be. And we're like, man, we really hope it's Billy Napier. We really hope it's Billy Napier. And sure enough, two or three days ago, we saw that Florida was going and hiring him. And you texted each other, like, five minutes later, we were like, did we not call it? We, we did it not it call it. Slash-
0: He's a phenomenal <laughs> coach. He's a phenomenal coach their offense that they have in the the offense that they have at Louisiana is amazing and maximizes the talents and skills of the players that are on that team. Levi Lewis is a is a great quarterback who is very similar to Mike Wright. Very similar to Mike Wright. And I th- I just I think that he would have done a, a, a phenomenal job, but you know, too bad. He's not going to Florida And I think that is a coup for Florida. It is one of the best hires of any program so far. Uh, I did an hour-and-a-half-long podcast last night uh, just about the coaching carousel uh, on one of the other shows that I produce. And so we we went through through everything over there. But I just, okay, so I'm of two minds here, right? Because part of me is like, well, if you fire a coach after one season, what message does that send to other potential coaches? Like, is that going to scare off? Other potential coaches say, Oh, if you don't if you don't have success in the first year at Vanderbilt, where it's tough to have success, you know, are we are, are we not gonna be supported by the administration? But at the same time, it's like, well, is is are you saying by not getting rid of the coach that this is this is acceptable? So it, yeah. it, it, it's sort of it's sort of two different things. I'm 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 resigned to the fact that Coach Clark Lee is going to be here. At least a se- another season. It's. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't want him back at this point. They saw what happened. They they they, they saw this team lose to ETSU. I yeah. mean, they they saw this team get absolutely shellacked by the SEC, going over an SEC play. I mean, I don't think they necessarily want him back at, mm-hmm. at at this point. Maybe he's their fourth or fifth choice if they're not able to get Freeman and some of the other guys that. are already on staff to promote but if he were to you know if he were to move on I wouldn't be you know super messed up about it
1: (laughs) um I mean you make two good points there I mean you know what kind of message is Vanderbilt you know showing to other coaches of, hey this guy has only been here one year You know, he took over a program that obviously was just completely ran into the ground by Mason, uh, and they fired him after one year. But at the same point, I think we all just had a little bit higher expectations than than what we saw from Clark Lee in the 2021 season. You know, and I think we all maybe had just kind of a different – maybe idea of the coach that we all wanted for Vanderbilt going into Mm -hmm. this new year. I I obviously didn't know Clark Lee's coaching styles. I knew he had success at at, uh, Notre Dame. I guess I never really paid attention to what his personality was like. And I think we all like, that's one of the first things that all, you know, that jumps out to us all the time is, you know, Clark always has this kind of same flat message, always the kind of same monotone and you know as excited you know as fans we're all just like at the edge of our seat what's going to happen are we going to take a turn in the right direction or are we going to keep going you know down the same path that mason had. we're all just like right there just like hoping that we're going to see some life and that we're going to you know that he's going to be the one to turn it all around and then we see you know press conference after press conference and you know, his demeanor on the sidelines never change, And I think that was all something that, you know, we can agree as fans that we were hoping to see more of is more passion, you know, more excitement like we all have. Because obviously, you know, he played at Vanderbilt. He, he, he understands how it is. I mean, he, he gets that. He, he knows it's a tough place to win at. But, like, as Vandy fans, the last 10 years, we've all just been dying to get some sort of life given back to us and we were all saying clark lee is going to be it clark lee is going to be our new savior and then you know to fall to etsu to not win an sec game you know to finish two and ten and to not see that excitement from clark lee i think was one of the things i struggle personally with the most right because um You know, I want my head coach to be just as excited as I am. And, again, not to say he's not excited, but I think we all can agree, the message from the news, from the reporters on the sidelines, you know, his demeanor and press conferences were all like, this guy has zero emotion. You know, and I've even seen it from a recruiting standpoint. I was looking on the Vandy rivals again before I was on the – uh, before the podcast today, and I was reading about a visit from one of these, from one of these offensive tackles. And um, his message was that, you know, it was a little hard to read Clark and that he had this, you know, kind of very straight to business attitude, you know, and if you're, you know, we've had the same conversation before, you know, if you're Nick Saban, you can have that, you can have that attitude, like, cause you have the wins to back it up. But if you're strictly business, you know, kind of mindset, you know, and if I'm a 18 year old, a 17 year old high school kid, um, I'm going to think this guy's full of shit. Yeah, you know, absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So, like, it's like, who does this guy think he is? Like, you know, yeah.
1: dude, you're too 10 <laughs> exactly. Like,
0: exactly. You didn't win an yeah. SEC game. I mean, you got outscored by God knows what in conference play.
1: So I just don't want. I, you know, so I just again, like, I guess my whole point was is that I just. I, I think we all had maybe different, at least I know I had different expectations of what I was hoping that, you know, Candace, the head coach that she hired, I like, I just had different expectations on who this coach was going to be. I I was hoping again for more of a outspoken type of coach that was going to bring just immaculate unmatched energy to this program that needed it so badly. Mm hmm. And only to fall, you know, only to beat, you know, Colorado State and um, Connecticut, and Connecticut finished two and 10, and to have the same tone of voice he did week one as he did week 12. Um, that scares me. That scares me for next year. That scares me for us in recruiting. That just is what really scares me. And again, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like, you know, firing a head coach after one season, but it's also not, it's okay to say that we, you know, we dropped, you know, we missed the boat on this one. Like we dropped the ball, like, okay. You know, this is what we were looking for. And unfortunately we didn't, we didn't find it and it's okay to say we messed up. Like, I feel like that's what I feel like that's what Vanderbilt is so afraid of is to like have any accountability to say, Hey, we messed up. I still, and again, we talk about this all the time. I still have yet to ever hear Candace or the administration say, you know, we are sorry for letting the program get to where it is now. There's like zero accountability. They don't want to ever be like, it was our fault. Like it's okay if you dropped the ball and didn't hire the head coach that we needed and to admit that and to say that, you know, Vanderbilt is going to, uh, is going to try to put together, a staff that's going to bring more energy that's going to, you know, excite fans, excite players, excel in recruiting and, you know, unfortunately, we thought that Clark Lee was it. We've all talked and agreed that, you know, this isn't the direction we want to move in. We're going to move in another direction. And I don't think that anyone or any of these other coaches would be scared about that. I think I think you could make the the argument about, hey, this isn't the exciting head coach that Vanderbilt needs to turn this program around. And I don't think coaches are going to look at that and say, Oh my God, well, if they can Clark Lee after one year, what, you know, what are my chances? But again, that's not the type of coach that we need. The type of coach that we need is going to, you know, not take no for an answer, you know, is going to be excited to step up and, and voice his opinions and show these other teams and players that we're not going to be, uh overlooked and we're not going to be we're not going to take shit from anybody i think that was like franklin's big thing was like we're not going to take shit from anybody and would voice it to the players would voice it to the to the fans would voice it in front of other coaches meeting freaking the georgia at the 50 yard line trying to start a fight like i want to see more of that rather than you know we're moving in the right direction you know, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I'm falling asleep over here.
0: So, uh, just a couple statistics for you. So, out of all the Power Five schools, uh, Vanderbilt had the second worst point differential uh, in conference play. Vanderbilt was averaged, uh, was outscored by 26 points per game in conference play. Um, in, in, in eight games, they. In eight conference games, they scored 109 points and gave up 317 points. Uh, the only team that was worse than them was oh. Duke. Uh, in, in that, and Duke was uh, Duke was particularly atrocious because Duke's defense was uh, just something, just absolutely piss poor we've never seen before. Uh, but Duke gave up. Uh, Duke lost by an average of 31 and 31 points per game. But if we look at the statistical profile. There are 130 teams in FBS football.
1: These are facts, not feelings. Yes,
0: facts, not feelings. (laughs) Uh, So there's 130 teams in FBS football. Vanderbilt ranked in total offense, 119th. In total defense, 118th. Scoring offense, uh, 128th. That's third to last. In scoring defense, they were 120th. The Again, facts, not feelings. Whew. They were in the bottom 30 of the country in total offense, rushing offense, passing offense, passing efficiency, scoring offense, total defense, rushing defense, passing yards allowed, passing efficiency defense, scoring defense, third down conversion percentage, red zone offense, uh, punt returns, kick returns, offensive, and offensive first downs. That's not well, a good that's not a good combo. That's not a no. good combo. In fact, they were ranked dead last in the SEC in nearly every single category outside of penalties.
1: So how like okay, after after hearing those stats, how does how does Candace not just absolutely clean house? I mean, th- was it even that bad last year? Like, was it even, even if we, we didn't win a game last year, like was, were we still that bad in those stats in 2020?
0: I mean, maybe, I can pull, I maybe can the pull, same. I can probably pull it up if you give me a second, but, um...
1: but, but then again, like, yeah, you know, we're moving up maybe one position in, the, in a lot of those rankings. <laughs> you know, like I mean, we're talking about moving in the right trajectory. When you start, when you start reading off stats like that, I just don't understand like how anyone can stand on the, like stand on the argument, like, Hey, we're moving in the right direction here. Like, we're almost like after hearing a lot of those stats, we're almost dead last in every category. Like we're the top, we're the bottom percentile in almost every category.
0: So last year, their passing offense was better. Their rushing defense was better. Last year, they were marginally better in most of these categories. Marginally better. Now, because of COVID, a lot of stuff was weird. Some teams didn't play any games, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, Little bit funky. Uh huh. But still, overall, man, like it's not, there was no progress. Let's put it this way there was no positive progress pretty much anywhere. Uh huh. Oh,
1: man. Um, gosh, that's just, uh, I mean, I'm at a loss of words, man, when you start reading off those stats. <clears throat> um, Clark has got a, Clark has got to do something, man. I, I don't know. I, I, for once, for once, I'm like, I just don't see. I don't want to say hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still have hope, but um, good for you,
0: good for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think I might be beyond that at this point. I, I really don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm well, could, to the Okay, fact. so
1: like what is okay, so let's just stop being negative. Like, okay, so what can this program do to turn it around? Like everyone always asks me, like, hey Ron, you always like bash coach, you always like talk about how poorly the team is doing. What would you do different? Like, what would you do to try to turn this program around? Like, how do we get to being competitive in the SEC?
0: Show the show the rest of the world that you actually give a few. Okay. There, there's a start. There's a start that comes from the coaches and that comes from the administration show that you give a f-. part in my French. I'm angry today. It's just the fact that they don't seem like they care at all. And they're going to come out and say things that from the administration, especially that, Oh, oh we're going to do this. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth because they're, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of talk and not a lot of action. Like show me concrete steps that you are taking to improve. The program improve. The, I mean, we we saw everyone is now seeing the you know, new stadium plans and things like that. Show me, like, break some ground. like actually like take those steps to show me that you are serious. On the field, g- give me some innovation. G- give show me something different. Show me that you are willing to think outside the box. Show me that you can do something, especially when it comes to, you know w- w- when it comes to scheme that they are that that you are actually interested in not being super vanilla and show me a team that has good fundamentals show me a team that that is making the basic things and making the basic adjustments that have has an offensive line that's playing together as a unit that is you know picking up blitzes and things like that and not just like completely whiffing all the time you know show me a, a defense that isn't playing this ridiculous uh, three-down linemen, all of which are three-eye and in, you know, where, where they have where they can't hold an edge. Just show me that like you're actually like thinking about this. That's where I'm at.
1: Okay, I, I'm 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 going to start off with a lot of the things that we touched on, and I think accountability is going to be the absolute um going to be the like define like uh it's going to define this program accountability and that starts from the administration all the way down to the lowest guy on the team like <clears throat> everyone has to hold everyone accountable and so i'm wait- i'm waiting for this administration to take their own accountability and, mm-hmm. and look themselves in the mirror and really take a look at hey are we do we have the people in place to help this team actually win, make decisions that are going to help us win football games? Like from a coaching standpoint, accountability, like the administration needs to look at this coaching staff and look at those numbers, have a, you know, have an audit of this last season, look these guys in the mirror and say, you know, what are like, changes are, changes are going to need to be made. Okay. Like, Clark, if you're going to stay here, we're going to ask that you absolutely, you know, fire probably half of your staff, not just not, you know, not just coaches, probably guys in the weight room, maybe, you know, trainers. You need to look at the whole program as a whole. And anyone that is not buying into us being a championship program needs to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. And these moral victories and these guys on the message boards or coaches saying, hey, you know, we're moving in the right direction f that we're we're here to win you know we're not here to you know give these guys a great college experience dude we're here to win football games period period and the same thing needs to go to the players man like you know if i'm a if i'm a player and i've got guys in the locker room that are just here to you know get their education and move on get the hell out of here dude okay And there needs to be more voiced opinions on the team. Right. I kind of feel like the players have been like, you know, muted almost in a, in a stance. Like, cause I want to hear like the true honest opinion about what some of these players feel, you know, what's going on. Like, I want to hear the voice of, you know, some of these guys and what their take is on it and what they think needs to change. And so um, You know, I just want to see more accountability from the program as a whole. Like you said, act like you give a fuck and show that you give a fuck by take action. Take some action. Fire some people. Move some people around. You know, threaten some of these guys with, you know. That's
0: all I'm saying. Like, show me that you care. Show me that you care because I feel like
1: you and I and Bruno. We don't want to hear. Don't quit telling us what we all want to hear. Quit telling us what we all want to hear all the time. And then it's all sunshine and rainbows. Oh,
0: yeah, I, I. That's what. Like, I feel like they think we're stupider than we are. Like, I feel like, like, I feel like we're we're being infantilized at times. Like, they're trying to say, "Oh, no, everything is great, everything is okay. It is. It's sunshine and roses and babies and puppies and all these sort of things." When no, like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I know what I'm seeing on the field, and I don't like it
1: like again we're being crucial of Clark Lee but i think a lot of this again has been going on the last 4 years like the fact that they let mason just absolutely run this program into the ground still it just rubs me so such a wrong way and then what do they do they fire you know they got rid of mason they hired Clark Lee and they're like oh we're we're good right nothing happened we're all we're all squared away like nothing like It is, it is just a shame that the program is where it is right now, especially again, after, you know, where Mason took over in 2013, the best, you know, the best this program has ever been in school history and for him to just (sighs) drive it right off of a cliff, you know, yeah, he went, yeah, he went to two bowl games, but again i think that's all on franklin i think that that was his players you know mm-hmm. and that the you know you can't argue the fact that the team just slowly 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 kept falling off a cliff until you know we didn't win a freaking game his last year but like when he started when he started going down the second that you know we didn't go to a bowl game or like the second that we started seeing you know, signs of this program falling apart, the, the administrative should have immediately stepped in and fired Mason. Like he should have not been here the last three seasons, you know? Um, and now Clark Lee inherits, inherits this absolute mess. You know, he didn't have any success this year. Um, but it's, it's time for us to keep searching. Okay. Like let's keep searching. Okay. We didn't find it here. We didn't find that success with Clark Lee. Let's keep looking. Maybe there's another option out there. Like, let's not go, let's go, let's not put all of our eggs in another sinking ship. Like let's, let's call it what it is early and move on. Let's not experience another year. It's just not fair to these players to have to relive another season like this to where maybe we go three and nine next year. And they'll see, they'll even say then, Oh, we're moving. We're, we're taking steps in the right direction. We're moving forward. Like, who can get behind that? I get so frustrated. People on Twitter and stuff are like, We're, "You know, hey, we won two more games than we won last year," and it's like, "Okay, you're a loser. Like, don't talk. Like, I, you're not even worth arguing, <laughs> arguing with. You know, like, I don't. I'm tired of the loser mentality. I guess you could. Don't say.
0: my, I'm, 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 I'm tired of it as well. And because I feel like losing begets losing.
1: Yeah, yeah."
0: And I just, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to live in that world. Like, I want some excitement. I want some, I want some hype. I want some, I don't know, give me something that makes me feel good about going to the stands. Give me something that makes me feel good about wearing my vanity gear out, out and about, right? I have a lot of great Mm -hmm. gear and I love wearing it. Like my, I have, I have, I have like, I have like the camo, I have like the camo Vandy sweatshirt that is like, probably my favorite piece of clothing. I love that thing. It's, it's super badass. I I wore it to the, I wore it to the, to uh, the Veterans Day game. And I don't want to feel like a chump when I'm, uh, when I'm walking around town wearing that.
1: (laughs) You just say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a baseball fan, baseball fan. (laughs)
0: no like i'm not gonna i mean yeah of course i'm a baseball fan but i'm also a football fan i'm also a basketball fan and so i don't want to like i don't want to like i don't want to feel like a punk like i just don't and give me something to be excited about make me make me want to reinvest make me want to reinvest and make me want to be like hey like you should be paying attention make me make me be able to tell my friends who just you know they've always
1: they're their messages from the administration is like, Hey, at Vanderbilt, we're going to win games at Vanderbilt. You know, we take excellence in everything that we do, but you don't show us that, right? You just say that, like, you don't actually show that if you actually believe that the message was winning championships and you actually truly believe that, you know, winning football games was really important. You guys actually would do something. You would break some ground on these facilities, which you would have done 10 years ago. Okay. You would have actually stepped in when you needed to and fired Mason three years ago. Mm -hmm. You would seriously take Clark Lee, and bring him into his office and say dude you got to step it up like i don't give a shit like if you're an alumni here and it's only been year one i don't give a damn you got to step the f up otherwise your ass is gone okay we need more excitement out of you i know that's not your personality but you know i don't care if that's not your personality your ass needs to freaking step it up show us that passion give these fans some sort of like life again because this whole message that you're doing, Clark, ain't working. Like your whole little monotone mentality that you've arrived, like you're Nick Saban or somebody, dude. That is not gonna what, it's is gonna win us recruits, my man. Like your ass better step up. Do you think you think Candace is having that conversation with Lee? Hell no. Oh. I, I I guarantee that's not the message going. On. She's probably saying like, okay, well, let's try to have a better year. Yeah, you know, great, like, great, great job. Geez, I'm, proud I'm proud of
0: the strides that you made. I uh,
1: know. Exactly. I'm not
0: proud of the stride. Like what strides? Like come on. Like let let let's win something.
1: So, you know, they talk about they 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 say they want to be about winning. Now it's time to be about winning and actually step up to the plate and show us that you actually truly believe what you're telling us rather than just the same old at Vanderbilt, we believe in winning and everything that we do is excellence and that we're going to have a a culture here that's going to You know, we pride ourselves on being better than you. It's like, like, listen, we don't care about that. We only care about winning football games. Like, we don't give a shit about, you know, trying to be better than everybody else because we're Vanderbilt. Like, shut up. Like, let's just freaking (laughs) win. Like, let's just... Shut up and like just freaking get us a coach that will help us win. Like that's all we care about. Yeah, that's you what know, we care about. Get a coach that can recruit freaking, freaking guys that are football players. I want the best football players. That's all I care about. I want the best coaches.
0: I forget who. I I I think it was probably Joe Townsend that we had on. But it's like, like, I, I, like I want some freaking like I want some dogs. Like I want I want yeah. some animals. Like I want I want some dudes who like are not afraid to get dirty.
1: I want Georgia's O-line or Kentucky's O-line or, like, I want Georgia. of
0: these. Oh, I want everyone on Georgia, but I, w- I want Georgia's defensive line. Like I like those. I want, dudes, some,
1: I want LSU's D-line back in, like, 2010, 2009, 2011. Oh, like Glenn
0: Dorsey and those Glenn dudes. Dorsey.
1: Dude, I want some of those boys, like, some dogs.
0: Yes, some dogs, some, like, some dudes who are going to get after it and who are who, who are not going to take no for an answer, like when it when it comes yeah. to, when it comes to being on the field, like who are who are going to get out there, who are big and angry and wide bodied, and like don't give you know, don't give a rip, like who yeah. who are going to go out there and like try to harm the other team instead of play patty cake with them. And some, and also a scheme yeah. that doesn't have them playing patty cake with them uh, on, on, on pass rushing snaps or not setting an edge. Like some of those edge, like you what, look. What at some, we, uh, we're
1: like, wrapping up here. Oh, I know yeah. we're wrapping up here, but man, like this whole three man rushing thing. Where oh, give me a we, break! Like, give me like a break. where are we? doing no even oh, if you have guys to in coverage
0: you know no one can cover for more than five you can't cover for more than five seconds and when you're just <sighs> sending three guys to the quarterback that's not gonna happen and they're they're not even like they're running stunts like no. they're running just like like they're, they're trying to like bull rush three guys <laughs> i'm like
1: come on i mean i know and then these freaking and then these offenses just checking out of it and making run plays where the tackle and guards are pinning the three and then the mm-hmm. tackle's working up and pinning yeah. the linebacker and they're getting a 10-yard pickup yeah, up every, every time. time and i'm like Dude, you guys don't have sat Cunningham anymore. You guys don't have the linebackers you need to run this style of defense. Yeah. Like you have to have badass linebackers if you're going you to run a 3-4.
0: Really badass linebackers and you have to have defensive linemen who are going to And not just
1: a 3-4, and not just a 3-4, but they're running this defense, you know, I've seen a 3-4. That's no that's that's fine. But like they run this defense where like you said they have two three eyes in a zero. Like usually, when you run a three-four, you run an end, okay, a shade, mm-hmm. and like a four-I on the backside. But then you have a stand-up linebacker that's on yes. the edge. That that's your yes. DN, yes. and that's usually your Sam, your Mike, and your Buck and your Will. Mm-hmm. These guys are just doing a three-man down front mm-hmm. with tr- with four tr- with uh, four true linebackers that like are off off, on, ball. Yeah, off ball. the ball. Yeah, I'm like, what? are we doing like, you know, there was multiple times where I tweeted about that. And I'm like, we're not that. We're not that team. We are not that team that can get away with running this defense. No, you know? because
0: <laughs> you don't like, that. If your three down linemen were like all like Jordan Davis from Georgia, who's six seven three sixty, And like, and it's just going multiple... to wreak havoc, you know, yeah, in the middle. That's fine. But like our best def- defensive lineman is Davion Davis. Davion Davis is awesome. I love Davion. I think he's a great player, but he's a little bit of an undersized nose and he's quick and can penetrate, but he's not clogging up blockers. Right. And so it's just, it's a, it's again, like, I'm going to go back to the idea of like, they're trying to fit square pegs in round holes, trying to get guys to adapt to whatever their scheme is, instead of building the scheme around the talents of the players that they have. And that's going to be my, my biggest knock on the coaching. So you know, I, I will, I, I will hold off judgment a little bit for uh, for the offense if they're able to build something around Mike Wright in the off season. But mm-hmm. for the defense, man, like I, I gotta see something. I really gotta see something. So.
1: All right, Matt. Well, we'll we'll uh, reconnect here in the upcoming weeks. We'll see what's we going to happen with coaches. Obviously, this is when. You Know a lot of shit starts happening, mm-hmm. yeah. Start, we're gonna try, know, to get, uh, finishing up.
0: try to get a couple other people on the show here, uh, pretty soon. We're, we're uh, we're, we're reaching out to a couple different people to see if we can't uh, get them to come hang out with us. Do you have uh, you know, any uh, any plans here before Christmas?
1: I got a baby coming in like six weeks, so <laughs> that's about it.
0: <laughs> All right, bud. Why well, I know you're getting your house prepared and ready for that, so. Uh, thank you as always buddy and until next time anchor down
1: anchor down buddy see you Matt.
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube